We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. A lot of churches. I remember as a kid growing up, the ladies would be in our church on Saturdays doing the fried pies and they would give me the ones that busted in the grease. So I was there praying, oh God, bust another pie. Yeah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen? It's good to come together and worship together. What a powerful presence of God in the worship today. I could have just stayed right there the rest of the day. We are going to stay there as we go to the Lord. I was going to take up a special offering today, but I think we're just going to pass on that. Um, we'll, we'll do it next Sunday, so... Get your money ready next Sunday for a special offering. I feel like it's time to share the word of God. Every now and then God will take me and kind of, has God ever just kind of pushed you around a little bit? You know, uh, God handled you a little bit. So this week God handled me a little bit and said, hey, um, I need you to give me a little bit more time this morning. I said, yes, sir. When I was a young boy, I got saved at a young age and there's a song that became so much my song, me and my father together. Um, it's an old song called In the Garden. How many of you know that old song, In the Garden? The words to the first verse go like this, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. Then my favorite part, and he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. When I was young, I thought his name was Andy. Andy walks with me, Andy talks with me. But it's not Andy. It's and he. That was a great revelation to me as I got older. And I, and I also had a revelation that there's not peas in the valley. I thought there were peas in the valley, but there's not. I thought heaven was this big valley of peas. <clears throat> but this song has become my song. So whenever I personally want to just get alone with God, the very first step I take is to sing this song, just me and God. It's our jam. It's what we do. And when I sing this song, it just feels like the whole world just kind of disappears and it's just me and God spending some time together. How many of you know that we need to spend time with God? We need God to speak to us. In a corporate setting, God can speak to every individual. I love that about God. He's a very personal God. If you have your Bibles today, open to Psalm 25. I just want to read two verses but I want to read it out of three translations. The title of my message, if you need a title, is In the Garden. In the Garden. Psalm 25, verses 14 and 15 in the NIV version says this. The Lord confides. I love that word. Confides. Mark it. In those who fear Him. So He confides in those who fear. He makes covenants known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for he alone releases my feet from the snare. In the King James Version, it says this, 
The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for He shall pluck my feet out of the net. And then the Living Bible has this translation. Friendship with God, I love that, is reserved for those who reverence Him. With them alone, He shares the secrets of His promises. My eyes are ever looking to the Lord for help. For He alone can rescue me. Don't you love those different ways of looking at our relationship with God? The Lord, He confides in those who fear Him. The Lord shares secrets with those who are near Him, who fear Him, who reverence Him. The Lord is our friend, friendship with God. How many of you have a good friend in your life? Raise your hand. A good friend. Yeah. Everybody needs a good friend. Did you know that uh, in your lifetime, if you have one or two good friends, you are well blessed. Most people never have that one good friend. You have one or two, you are blessed. We have our greatest friendship should be with God. God is a friend and he will share innermost thoughts, secrets, confide in you when you have a time of friendship. God discusses things with us. Uh, the word fear, we, we don't talk about it in our culture very much because our culture has this negative connotation of fear. Fear means to be scared of, to run away from. If I have fear in my heart, it paralyzes me in that moment. Uh, I have a, a tremendous fear of snakes. How many of you have the same fear of snakes? I hate snakes. They scare me to death. They, you don't see them. They don't make, it's just, I hate snakes. I've had one crawl up my leg in the woods one day, a rattlesnake. I looked down and uh, a rattle was hanging out of my, I'm like, oh my Lord. I jumped and ran. I got to be telling you, I squealed like a little girl. Uh, I mean, a really little girl. I thank God nobody else was around. I don't like snakes. But this is not the kind of fear God wants us to have. Because he said he confides in those who fear him. This fear is about being near to God. He confides, he tells the secrets to those who are near to him and who are reverencing him. We should have a tremendous reverence for God. He is God Almighty. King of kings, Lord of lords, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent God. And we want to draw near. It's not being scared. He's not going to beat us down. He's not going to disown us. But fear is to be near, to be in wonder of. In wonder of. To have this closeness to God. When we get close, God reveals himself. I have my closest friend on this earth is my wife, Sandy. And we tell each other things. We know things about each other that we would never share with anybody else because we are that close. She knows everything about me and she still loves me. Isn't that amazing? And I know everything about her and I love her, the more I find out about her, the more I love her. 
Isn't that and the thing will happen with God too. The closer you get to God, the more you will love Him and the more you will want to spend time with Him. The average Christian spends less than three minutes a week in relationship with God. No wonder we're not hearing from God. No wonder we're not getting a voice, a word from God. Not, he's not confiding in them. And when we are near, we, he keeps our hearts tender. A tender heart is a hard thing to keep in life, isn't it? If I was to ask how many of you have been hurt in life, everybody, everybody would raise their hand. We've all been hurt. And most of us get the hardest hurts at church by church people. Church hurts, right? And, and if we're not careful, our heart can get hard and calloused. We can become cynical and critical. We can begin to say, I, I just don't even want to go to church. I don't want to be around Christians. I, I would rather be around people who are non-Christians and, and do business with non-Christian people. And, and, and li Listen, it's all very tempting, isn't it? I've been there, you've been there, to where we have something that hurts so deep, we just want to go, I'm done. Throw it in the towel. I quit, and our heart gets hard, and when our heart gets hard, our head gets hard. <laughs> we get hard-headed, hard-hearted, and guess what? It's hard to listen when you are in that place. But when we get close to God, He keeps our heart tender. He keeps our heart softened because of that closeness of relationship, the oil of the anointing of the Holy Spirit if something gets hard and callous, you got to add a little oil to it, right, to get it softened up. If something gets kind of loud and squeaky, it needs oiling. And if you ever listen to yourself, I do sometimes, I'm, and I get kind of loud and squeaky, I'm like, I need oiling. <laughs> I need the oil of the Holy Spirit to come in and soften this area in my heart because if I'm not careful, I will get a hard heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, a new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. God wants to give us a heart transplant. And we need that at salvation, don't we? We need a heart transplant at salvation. But you know what I found as I live out this life every day? I need a heart transplant sometimes because of hard times and getting hurt and callous moments come into my life and I just want to build a wall up and say I'm never going to let anybody get that close again. Has anybody else ever been there? I'm just not going to let anybody else hurt me like that again. That's not going to happen. And in those moments you have to get into the presence of God because that's the only place where you can have the word giving you a word. The problem is, is a lot of times as Christians, we don't even know the word to get a word. And you've got to know God. You've got to know his principles. God will never go against his principles. I thank God for that because they are set in the word of God and they will not change and they will be forever faithful. God will be. But I also want to know not only his principles, but I want to just know him personally. I love all the attributes of God. I love all the 
parts of the character and the characteristics of God. And, and the closer I get to him, the more I discover and the more he begins to whisper things into my spirit. Because we've got to get close to God. And every now and then, we need just a big old hug from God. Has anybody ever been there? I mean, just you just, I need a hug. I've watched Sandy with our kids, and, 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 and I did it too, and I watch it with our grandkids. They can come in, they felt, they've fallen, they've got a skin on their knee, whatever, and the first thing we do is we don't run and get a Band-Aid first. First thing we do is give them a hug. Because they're running to us crying, and the first thing that they want is a hug. And you know what? A hug is a powerful thing. I, I'm a hugger. I mean, I have people all the time putting their hand out and that's kind of brushing it aside and say, bring it in here, let's go. Because I believe a hug is a powerful thing. I love it whenever my grandkids, last night I got home and we were at the men's ministry. Oh man, powerful night last night on the river. You ladies, <laughs> you missed it. We didn't invite you and we're never going to invite you to the river. It's just a man place. Just a man place. We had so much fun, but when I got home, my grandkids were there last night. And Poppy! They hugged me, and the first words out of their mouth, let's play! It's 10 o'clock. Guess what Poppy did? We played. Because I got hugs. And hugs fix a lot of things. And sometimes we just need God to wrap his arms around us. We've had a hard day. We've had a hard time. We, we've got callous parts in our hearts. We've got things that we've been, been hurt. And we just need God just to wrap his arms around us because we, we walk into his presence heavy and, and wore out and weary and exhausted and we can leave his presence light because we cast all our cares upon him for he cares for us. And we come out light knowing that our father's there. He's watching over us. He's caring for us. And he's got his arms wrapped around us. Jesus had a beautiful picture. He, he, he stood over the mountain of, and looked over Jerusalem and said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I wish I could have so many times gathered you in like a hen gathers her little chicks. Have you ever seen that? The hen's got her wings out and the little chicks are just running right up beside her so close she's got the wing. Nothing's going to bother her little chicks. And God's got some big old wings and he'll spread them over you and cover you and watch over you and take care of you and soften the hardness of your heart. And, and all of a sudden your heart gets soft and your listening changes, right? Then all of a sudden he, be, he can begin to talk to you and he helps us through hard times. Fears to be near. When we are near, God can whisper in our ear. I love that. He doesn't have to shout. He doesn't have to knock us down. He doesn't have to do something big to get our attention. He just whispers. And he whispers, he confides, he tells us secrets because we're friends. And sometimes my thinking is not right. It's been messed up by my experiences. Sometimes my seeing is not right. I'm not seeing the situation right. I'm not thinking right. I'm not feeling right. And I go into the presence of God and he helps my thinking get right. You know? Because <clears throat> in the flesh you just want to go, wow. You know? But in the spirit, you gotta go, mmm. Yeah. He changes my thinking. He changes the way I feel about a situation. And he changes the way I begin to see the situation. Yeah, that happens in the presence of God. It doesn't happen anywhere else. I can have somebody tell me all day long, this is how you should see it. This is how you should feel. This is what you should do. And I'm not gonna listen very much. You know why? Because my heart's a little hard in that area, and my heart, my head gets hard. <laughs> not listening. But when I get in that garden, he 
and he talks to me. He tells me, you're mine. Then my heart gets soft again. Then I start saying, Father, what do you want to say to me today? I'm listening. And we have that time that changes the way I think and feel and see and I walk out of there and have a new love for situations, a new love for people, a new love for life. And, and, and it's just like, wow, thank you, Father. And that happens nowhere else. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. God wants to reveal himself to us. When we are near, he can whisper in our ear and we go from fear to cheer. I spent a lot of time on that one. The first one was easy, but I got to go. I got to get us from fear to cheer. We come into his presence and the enemy has set traps. The word of God says this over and over. It said it there in song. The enemy is there to get your feet caught up in snares and traps in the net. But God will deliver us out of those snares, out of those traps, out of the nets. The words that he used in the translations, God releases us. God plucks us out. God rescues us. Aren't you glad that God does that? We don't have to do it ourselves. I got to tell you, as a man, I'm always wanting to do it myself. Well, God, let me tell you how I'm going to fix this. Because <laughs> men fix everything, right? Well, as a man, I'm, 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 I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you how to fix this, you know. This week we went to district council. It was so refreshing just to sit and to listen. And this pastor was, was preaching and he said, I've done this for years, but I felt guilty about it. But I don't feel guilty about it anymore. He said people will come to him and they'll say, they'll say Pastor, uh, God is releasing us from the church and so we wanted to come and tell you. And he, said, he said, all I do is say, praise God, hallelujah, leave. I thought, that's kind of what I've done, but I didn't know if I should have done that or not. And because and my, my, my rationale was, I cannot argue with God. And if God told you to leave, then you better leave. What are you doing? Why are you even talking to me? Go. And, I, and I've learned in life, never beg anybody to stay. I, I had one family one time, they were, they were, wanting, they were wanting to leave, and, and they were a good family. I'm a, and boy, I tried, and I begged them to stay, and they stayed for like a month, worst month of my life. And theirs, and the church. We've got to listen to God in his presence and then be obedient to the word from God. He will take us from being afraid of, wanting to get away from, to begin praising him. Because this is where we do fight our battles, right? In praise and worship. We, we come in heavy and God lifts off the burden so we can lift our hands and lift our voice and begin to worship him because we are not battling against flesh and blood. And so many times that's where we get caught up in the realm of our battles is in the flesh and blood. I, I can fix this myself. I can do this, boy. I can give them the what fours. You ever give anybody the what fours? And yeah, maybe that's a Mississippi term. I don't know. But in Mississippi, we got the what fours. We can give them to you real quick. Doesn't fix anything. You'll get in that trap. And sometimes the enemy wants to trap us physically. Sometimes it's mentally. And sometimes it's spiritually. And sometimes it's all of the above. 
I mean, he will knock you down, get you trapped in a net, get you in a snare, and put all the everything, all of hell coming against you, and you probably can't even breathe. You can't, and some people even have the thoughts, I'm just going to end this thing. Take my life. And that's when we need to get in that garden. And that's when you need to be in the garden so that when somebody else is feeling that way, you can take them in there with you. And say, hey, wait a minute, God loves you. God's got a big old hug waiting for you. You just got to go in the garden. You got to get in that place where he can walk with you and talk with you and tell you how much he loves you and remind you of who you are in Christ and remind you that he has called you son and daughter. He has empowered you. He has strengthened you. He will fight your battles for you. He will release you out of this snare. He will pluck you out. There is nothing that the enemy has brought against you that God will not provide a way out. There is no temptation. There is no power on hell that God's power cannot destroy when we get in the garden and begin to fight and God will give us victory in that place. Hallelujah. You come out of there shouting and praising God. And people go, how come you're shouting and praising God in the middle of this situation? Because God has set me free. God has rescued me. God is delivering me. God is plucking me out of this situation by power of his might. His power and his might, not mine. God fights for you. He's warring for you. Right now, God is fighting for you. Jesus is interceding for you, saying, come on, listen to the word of the pastor. He's telling you the truth this morning. Get in the garden. Get in that place where I can talk to you and you can listen and I will soften your heart. The enemy tries to overwhelm our senses. Everything looks humongous. Everything is bad. He tries to trap us. Traps of adultery, fornication, lying, pornography, gossiping, backbiting, envy, strife, all these things. We've got to be near. We've got to hear God speak in that still small voice. James chapter 4 verse 8, one of my favorite scriptures. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. When we get close to God... He cleanses us. And in this world, listen, you can wash your car and the next day it's going to rain. You can wash your car and then it's going to be dusty and dirty. I mean, you never got it out of the garage and you walk in there and go, what happened? And I believe every day our soul, our spirit, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions our mind and our will and our emotions. We live in this world. You need it washed and regenerated and renewed every day. Amen. And the way we get it washed, renewed, and regenerated is by the washing of the Holy Spirit. It's got to wash our minds so we start thinking right. So we start seeing right. We start feeling right. We start making the right decisions every day. Because if you don't, guess what? It's going to get all muddied up. It's going to get dirty. You're going to start thinking dirty things and doing dirty things and, and feeling dirty things. You've got to get it cleansed and washed and go, God, help me think the right way. From the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak. And we need to have a cleansing every day. Some people go, well, isn't Sunday good enough? You know, the average Christian only goes to church twice a month. Yeah, that's not going to keep you clean. You've got to do this thing every day. You've got to do it yourself. 
You know, used to they had these people that washed your cars. You don't find those anymore. So now we've got with these robots that do it for us, and I get they don't do it. I mean, they just kind of do a halfway job, and you get, I, I can't do that. I have to go back, get my car in the driveway, get the water hose out, get the soap bucket out, get the rags, and I wash my vehicles in my driveway. Why? I want them clean. You can't just robotically let some church service, well, went to church, I'm good, I'm clean, I'm not squeaky, it's not going to work. You've got to do the work. You've got to get in the garden, get some time. You're alone with God every day and find that place to where you can have that place where and he walks with me, talks with me, tells me I'm his own. Because I've got to tell you, you've got a bullseye on you and the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life. The life of your family, everything around you, everything in your life. Snares, traps. And then it said, Purify your hearts, you double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And I've found that when I, when I don't do this daily washing, I mean, no, the enemy also gets us busy. You know, the Word of God talks about that we need to throw off all these things that entangle us in the world because we can get so busy that we don't have time for God. Or all of a sudden you just throw him like a little thing at the end of the day. You're wore out, you're exhausted. Okay, God, I gotta pray. I, I, I gotta pray, okay. Father, uh, help me. I'm really tired, amen. I mean, no relationship doesn't last long like that. It's a relationship. It's gotta be cultivated. It's gotta be cared for. It's gotta be watched over. I love technology. I love the facts that, fact that we can text each other a lot, don't you? But then it becomes, that's all we're doing is texting each other. My phone goes off continually. And, and, and last night we're at the, the river with all the men and stuff and my phone kept ding, ding, ding and some guys going, aren't you going to look at that? I go, not right now. I'm at the river. And it was so relaxing. River was flowing by. Fire. Sun was going down. I need some time. You need some time. We've got to have some time where we cut the phones off, walk into the presence of God, and say, God, I need you to give me the word today. I need you to help me. I need you to talk to me. He's a personal God, not just a God of principles. So I want to ask you today, who's messing with you? What's messing with you? Because if you're a Christian, something's always messing with you. In the presence of God is refreshing. You get a great big hug. He'll gather you under his wings. He'll share secrets with you. He'll tell you what you need to know. He'll tell you how to think right, how to see right, how to feel right. When we are near to God, He can whisper in our ear and we go from fear to cheer. I meet Him in the garden. The garden is a powerful place. He starts out in Genesis. Where does He start out with? A garden. 
And he meets with Adam and Eve, and he comes down in the evening, and, and he meets with them in his communion as friend with friend. And then another powerful place of the garden, when Jesus is there praying in the garden. Why did he go to the garden? Because that's a significant place where the Father likes to meet with people. And Jesus is weeping and, and crying out, and his sweat actually becomes drops of blood. It's so intense, this this moment of intensity prior to being arrested. And then, in the resurrection, they go to this garden area, and there he is. They thought he was the gardener. Are you the gardener? No, I'm Jesus. Go tell my disciples I'm alive. I believe whenever I need to get close to God in my relationship, I'm talking about me only. I love this fourth verse. It goes like this. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. Message. Join us anytime at pcachurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.